I'm Angeline Ong and welcome to IG's Trading the Markets. We're joined by uh, Chris Fleming who's going to talk to us about the second half. Chris is an investment director with Square Miles Portfolio Management Team. Now Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We've seen this equity rally grinding higher and now many market watchers are saying that the Fed may have achieved the holy grail of central banking, somehow managing to keep that Goldilocks economy going. What's your view? I find it the market's got a little bit ahead of itself, if I'm honest, Angeline. Um, it is true that the Fed are likely to be the first central bank to reach terminal rates and provide some clarity to the market. Um, and this must be a good thing, even if that hiking process is simply just a pause and reflection. But overall, I remain suspicious that the US market is you know, ground higher, and I don't necessarily think that a holy grail has yet to be achieved. Um, you know, it's good news that the market's going ahead, but we've also got to look through and what's driven that. It's been incredibly narrowly led. Seven stocks, or the Magnificent Seven, as a lot of people are calling them, have really driven the vast majority of that, that growth within the S&P 500 for sure. And we've got to look through at some of the underlying economic um, data points, which are still there and haven't gone away yet. Um, the yield curve remains inverted and has been for quite some time. Um, in fact, most global market yield curves are inverted. I think Japan is the only one which really isn't. Um, you know, and it, it can take, you know, up to a couple of years for that economic data to come through in recessionary conditions to uh, become apparent in the market. Um, however, I do think the US is probably the best, uh, has the best outlook out of the major global markets in, in Europe and the UK. I think and I, as a scale, the, U, the US is probably leading the charge. And, and if recession does become apparent in the US, it'll probably be a shallower one than in the UK and indeed Europe. So I think I think the market's got a little bit ahead of itself. I, I find it too hard and excited to chase that. Um, we're not simply going to put more money into the US. And I think, if anything, probably the contrary for the time being. But um, it's got some work to do yet and um the fed's done i think a reasonable job of getting things under control but we've still got those other macro data points still out there kicking around which haven't really come through and the, and the u.s job farm role one is, is is one of those things which is going to be focused on quite heavily now as you rightly say um the risks haven't gone away uh i was looking at um you know, uh, numbers uh, on credit as well, and also, uh, you know, consumer consumption still remains weak. And of course, we've got all that political uncertainty, both sides of the Atlantic. What yeah. um, tangible data points are you looking for that kind of give you that, you know, red flag? Okay, it's, it's, this is when that reset uh, of the markets is going to take place. I think, um, consumer expenditure and savings rates is one of those we've seen that in the us and in the, in the uk as well those figures have depleted quite a lot and that's a bit of a red flag actually because we have yet to see you know the average guy on the street survive without those savings if you like i mean the us numbers have come down and fairly much all gone now i think it's the same in the uk and whilst rates continue to go ahead in the uk you know we've got you know different challenges with housing markets um, resetting our personal debt levels and so forth that are different from the US, which is part of the reason why we feel that the UK is in a more precarious spot than the US as a result of that. So that's certainly one thing we're looking at. Um, you know, job and unemployment levels is another one. I mean, that has a feedback loop back into inflation. Uh, and if wage inflation starts to come through at a more heavier pace within the UK, then that might make 
the Bank of England not be so sanguine about where they are today on that 5.25% rate. It might go further and be higher for longer as a result. So those are the things that we're really focusing on the moment. And the other thing you've got to think about is valuations of the equity markets as well. You know, they're all a bit, nah, they're all right at the moment, nothing too bad. The UK is quite uh, undervalued relative to where it has been in the past. But you look at the US, it's trading on 21 times at the moment. Uh, and if you strip out those seven funds, stocks I was talking about before, that slips that back down to average levels. And it's fairly much the same wherever you look. They're all average levels, perhaps a little bit lower than where they had been. So we don't really think there's a pause to be too excited about taking on too much risk at this point in time. Now, Chris, speaking of risk, you sit on the Tactical Asset Allocation Committee uh, at Square Mile. Uh, you're also a specialist in strategic asset allocation models. What kind of diversification are you putting in place, um, you know, based on what you've just talked about? Um, yeah, it's an interesting point that, I mean, alternatives has been the clear place to be, especially 2022, when you're talking about yields on bonds traveling from near zero levels up to the fours and fives where they are now at, at, at the treasury levels. Um, and so that's been a, it's been a good trade to have as a bit of a diversification away from those sorts of asset classes during 2022. I think the argument for that has weakened a little bit with yields where they are, but you still need to have some form of diversification in your portfolios. And given we're running model portfolios where the mainstream retail funds that we're buying, those alternatives are typically absolute returns type funds that we would put in there, which are uncorrelated to equity and bond markets. So that's really what you need to do. And that dampens down the journey of volatility and helps um, you know, alleviate some of the risks that still might be apparent in the markets. Let's turn our attention to earnings now. Um, in the US, it's been mixed. Even the magnificent seven uh, tech companies reporting their results to make stock 600 uh, second quarter earnings that are out so far expected to fall 5.8% uh, from the second quarter of 2022. Uh, but if you take out the energy sector, earnings are expected to rise 9.2%. How does this all play in terms of earnings into your tactical strategy? Well, Europe is a, a smaller allocation in our models. So you take a balanced portfolio, it's about 5% of our allocation. So it's not an area we pay a lot of focus and attention on uh, because to be to make a big difference for our underlying clients, we've got to move that somewhat to get it up to 7 or 8%. So we've got to take a big move there to be able to do it. And we try and take a balanced approach really on our regional allocations. Having said that, if you look through at those um, the earnings and also the PE ratios, you know, the, the European market is not desperately exciting either. I mean, they've had a good time this year in sterling terms. It's up 10% Europe. Um, our active managers have also done quite well in that space at the same point in time. But you look at a long-term PE, a forward-looking PE of, of Europe, it's about 14 and a half. We're at about 13 and a half now. So a lot of the return that we've seen in the first half of this year has closed a lot of that valuation potential that was possibly there in the European market. Um, but if you look at the macro data, consumer confidence is still quite low. Uh, PMI services, PMI indices are still quite low. Manufacturing is also quite low. So, you know, they've got some headwinds there on a macro level at the same point in time. Yes, yeah, so like you said, the PMI's out of Europe uh, wasn't uh, very uh, 
<clears throat> exciting reading, I have to say. Uh, how about gold? What's your position on gold and the dollar, given the surprise uh, Fitch US downgrade? Yeah, well, I've, um, I've been quite surprised by the lack of reaction, actually, in the markets from the Fitch downgrade. It's like everybody knew that was going to happen. Um, yields have come up a little bit in the US, but I'm not necessarily sure it was directly related to the downgrade um, from 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 Fitch, where it went from AAA to AA+. Um, but in terms of gold, um, we play that through our alternative managers. They do have gold exposure. Gold was the place to be, you know, during the latter part of COVID and through to 2022. But actually, it hasn't really done too much year to date. Uh, I find it a difficult asset class to get my head on truly what its appropriate valuation is. I mean, I don't think you can. It doesn't provide a cash flow uh, like a dividend or a bond, so you can discount that back. It's more a case of what sort of market conditions are we likely to have. Recessionary conditions is where it does quite well. But yet it hasn't really done much this year. It's been trading quite flat. Uh, it's also supposed to do quite well in inflationary conditions as well. So, uh, but again, you know, you have to be ahead of that game. Perhaps that's why it has a stronger post-COVID rally was the anticipation of inflation going on. And perhaps central banks should have looked at that as an indicator, actually, to say that inflation wave is coming. Um, but we don't have a, a massive position in that through uh, a couple of our managers. We've got a two or three percent position uh, in a five percent holding. So it's a small part of our overall allocation. Uh, and again, the way that we run our assets through core retail funds is actually quite a hard asset class to gain pure exposure to. So hence why we let the managers make that decision and how they uh, run their assets um, on the dollar. Um, Obviously, the, the place to be 2022, it strengthened quite significantly um, relative to sterling, which is how we you know, base all currencies, actually. You know, it's up. Um, the sterling is up 5%. I think now we are trading back at average levels post Brexit about 127 or what that is. So, you know, it's hard again to get desperately excited about that as a single attributable point, if you like, and where we're going to point our portfolios. We have a large US exposure, balanced portfolio equities might be 15% or something like that. So, you know, we're going to get exposure through the dollar via that. But of course, translating that back to sterling, we feel that actually it ebbs and flows in your favour sometimes and others it doesn't. And, and Chris, some investment managers uh, say that inflation pressures are receding and the risks are shifting to growth in the second half. What's your view on this? I think that's been the case for a while. Um, you know, everybody knew about the inflation and how that was going to trail off over a period of time. Um, and it's always been in the last six months, in my mind, about the growth component and whether recession is, is going to come or not. We've seen that in the bond markets. Bond markets have been quite stable, um, relatively speaking, this year compared to where they were last year. So all of that narrative got played out last year in terms of inflation and concerns. And it's all been about the growth and individually what does it mean for each of the core regions us versus europe versus uk and even japan if you like um so yes i i completely agree and that's you know that is why we are more cautious now about risk assets and perhaps what we have been in the past is that well okay we've had significant changes in, in interest rate policy um, we've had a change in direction and inflection point at the beginning of 2022. We don't feel that that is necessarily fed through into the risk markets yet. 
and I've been a little bit overly optimistic uh, in terms of where they've got to. Um, so it's all about it's all about growth from this point onwards, and and when and how big and how deep is the key questions that people need to be more mindful of. Inflation's going to roll over. The US is down to three percent, I think, or three or four percent now. So that's rolled over there. UK is coming down. The Bank of England have said that more recently as well. Um, except they don't expect to get down to their target of two percent until 2025. But there's a a deceleration or a, a, a disinflationary environment which is going to come through. Well, interesting stuff. We have to leave it there. Chris Fleming, Investment Director with Square Miles Portfolio Management Team, explaining why um, they're cautious about risky assets, given there's so much uncertainty out there and thinks that uh, markets could be overly optimistic at this point in time. So that's your uh, latest uh, trading uh, the markets. Uh, do join us for our next segment next week at around this time, same place with me, Angeline Ong at IGTV. Thank you.